When COVID arrived on the scene, schools were shut down and teachers everywhere were sent home and told to teach virtually. All of a sudden, we were bombarded with tech tools, but the problem was we weren't given any time to actually explore these tools and discover how they could have a positive impact on student learning. And if I'm being honest, many of us still haven't had that time. But the good news is that today's guest has done the work for us. She has explored over 500 tech tools. And in today's episode, she's going to be sharing which of those tools has the greatest impact on student learning. Welcome to the Teacher Goals Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators. And I'm so excited to collaborate with Teacher Goals to bring you a weekly show that equips educators with best practices and actionable strategies to achieve success in the classroom and foster a more connected and empowered school community. Here, we learn by engaging in honest discussions with innovative teachers, administrators, and educational leaders. Are you ready to achieve your teacher goals? Of course you are, so you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to episode seven of the Teacher Goals podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry from Healthy Wealthy Educators, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. We have a phenomenal guest, Jennifer Gonzalez, the founder and host of the Call to Pedagogy podcast is with us to share the work that her team has done to explore over 500 technology tools that can be implemented in your classroom. She is going to break down her favorite tools and actually give us a different mindset shift to use when we are thinking about which technology tools to implement in our teaching. And so I'm so excited to share that with you today. But before we do, I just have to ask, have you got your ticket to the Teacher Goals Conference yet? It is happening this weekend, March 11th and 12th, and you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home. Not only do we have over 30 presentations, but we have two live comedy shows, as well as a host of raffles, giveaways, so many goodies in the swag bag. And you can get access to the entire two-day event absolutely free. So if you haven't already done so, this is your final call to go grab your ticket today at www.teachergoals.com slash conference. I am so excited about the conference. I'm going to be speaking and sharing some self-care strategies that you can implement right there in your classroom during the school day. So be sure to go to teachergoals.com slash conference and get your ticket today so that you can meet me there. I'll see you this weekend. Now, I can't speak for you, but I know that for me personally, I'll get hooked on a free offer to try out a tech tool. And I find during that free trial that I absolutely love it. And all of a sudden, 
it'll start costing money. So then I have to make a decision. Like, do I want to pay for this tech tool? Or is this something that, you know, it was nice while it was free, but mm, I don't really want to pay for it. So when it comes to making those types of decisions, I had such a light bulb moment during this interview, like really shifting how I think about tech. And I know that this interview is going to inspire you to think about tech differently as well and to really think about not only which tech tools to use, but to ask yourself, why are you using those tech tools? So if you're ready to have your mind blown, then listen on in to my interview with Jennifer Gonzalez, founder of The Cult of Pedagogy. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm blown away at how international this audience is. I I know. It is amazing every week, every week. It is really an honor to be talking to people from (laughs) so many different places all at the same time. Yes. And, you know, one thing that brings us all together is technology. So tonight's topic Mm -hmm. is definitely timely. And I'm super (laughs) excited to jump into it. But before we do... We want to know a little about you. Who are you and what do you do for those who may have somehow never heard of Caught a Pedagogy Podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So before I started what I'm doing now, I was an English language arts teacher. I taught in the DMV. I was in Silver Spring, Maryland for a couple of years. And then I moved here to where I am now in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And then when I stopped teaching, I stopped for a little while because I was having kids and I wanted to take a little time off. Before I ever got back to the classroom, I started to teach at the university level, teaching teachers. And I loved that so much that I, instead of going the PhD route, I decided to just, I had learned a little bit of technology already. And so I decided to do what I was doing at the college level on a larger stage and and try to do it through the internet, basically, to help teachers improve what they do. And I've been doing that since 2013 now. Love it. And we are so excited to learn from you and to hear about all of the research that you've done. And so I know that you're going to be sharing tonight information from your tech guide, which is massive. So kind of tell us about it. Like, how does it differ from all of the other resources, blog posts, like everything people are throwing at teachers right now about yeah. technology. How does it differ from that? Well, it was it was created because teachers were getting so much stuff thrown at them. About mm-hmm. the first year that I had my website, I asked my teachers, I just did a poll and I said, what do you need? What, are, what do you need more information and help with? And so many teachers said, I'm overwhelmed by technology. There's so much of it and I just can't keep track. I'm not really afraid to use it, but I don't have time to research it. Mm. So I was going to just write a blog post that kind of categorized the different types of tools and linked to their pages just so that teachers could understand what was out there. And that grew and grew into a PDF. And now that PDF has over 500 tools in it and we update it every year. It takes months to update it. And it I, I don't even know if I can screen share, but I could even show it to you because I think what makes it, I'm seeing a share you button on can here. screen share, absolutely. Can I do that? Yes, Let me, we would love to I'm see gonna, it. I'm going to give a super, super quick tour just because that is what will really show people. Yes. Um, yeah. So I am going to... It says share screen. I don't know if it's going to let me do. Okay. It is going to let me pick that other one. Okay. So it's just a PDF 
I don't know if you can, there, there you it go. is. Okay. So you basically go in and all of the tools are separated by category. So there's a tool, all the tools that are for book publishing, content libraries, all the assessment tools. I'll go there, for example. And if you go along here, we've got tools like Edulastic, Kidum, GradeCam, where you can hold it with your phone. And there's a description, like here's Google Forms. There's a description of the tool, a link directly to a page online, a link to a video that shows it in action, and then also a list of other tools that are similar to that. So my I, my thinking was that I would make it as fast as possible for teachers to find the tools they need, find similar tools, and you know, and then be able to learn quickly: is this going to work for me or not? I also have a glossary in the back of. Uh, all the different sort of terms that teachers might hear and not know what they are. And we add to that every year. There's a whole page just devoted to Google because there's so many Google products out there and another one just for Microsoft. And then we have a tip section that has stuff about hybrid learning, remote learning, how to do tech without losing your mind <laughs> with some tips in there. So the first section is a bunch of different articles and so on. So it's just... Um, meant to just be a really quick way to get to the tools you need, learn about them, and decide if something is for you without having to just sort of dig around on the internet and get lost. Love it. And one of our lucky audience members tonight is going to be winning a copy of that. So you're definitely going to want to stay on to the end because Jennifer is going to be giving away a copy. So I'm super excited about that. And definitely stay on with us because we are going to now talk about and kind of shift gears. As she shared, there are over, you said over 500 technology tools that are described in this guide. And I have given her the difficult challenge of <laughs> sharing with us. I said, can you break down that 550 all the way down to like your top five tools? And so what are the top five that teachers can use to empower their students to achieve success and really impact student learning? So Erica, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to change your question a little bit. And I knew you were going to ask me this. And so instead of five tools, and I think this is probably the most important thing that teachers can do to get a handle on technology is instead of thinking of specific tools that they can use, they should be thinking about processes that techs that tech tools do, mm -hmm. uh, like categories of tools, because we've probably all experienced this. You get really, really attached to a tool and then all of a sudden one year it's just gone or yes. it costs a hundred dollars a year to use it or something. And all of a sudden it's like, what am I going to do? I can't use this anymore. So instead of really getting attached to specific tools, it's good to get really familiar with specific processes and know that there's probably five or six tools that do that same thing. So I've got five categories of tools that are really essential, I think, for teachers to to make a difference. Um, the first one is some kind of digital assessment tool. And I actually just happened to be in that section of the guide, but there are so many different ways now that we can assess our students quickly through technology, whether it's something very quick like Google Forms. There's a tool called Plickers where all you need is a smartphone and the kids have sheets that they hold up and you can just use that if you're a low-tech classroom. Um, all the way to other more advanced tools that allow you to um, assess students and give them feedback on an online platform. But 
there's almost no reason why we should be taking home stacks of papers that we have to like then give students their grades and then give it back to them. We should be able to have quicker ways of, of assessing our students because the point of assessment most of the time is to change the way we do our instruction. We figure out who's getting it, who's not, and then we make our decisions from there. So assessment tools would be one. Mm-hmm. Some kind of blogging tools, and that's not because every teacher has to have a blog, but I think once a teacher has learned how the back end of a blogging platform works, it's so flexible. You can do so many different things with that. For example, you can have your own teacher website where you share information. A lot of the school district run websites are kind of clunky, but I've seen teachers link out to their own where things are really nicely organized. The teacher can let parents know about things through there. You can showcase student work. You can also have students develop their own because a blog is just a website because you, and you can use a blog for a portfolio of art, a portfolio of writing. You can use it to showcase um, a genius hour project. It can be an assignment for students. So once a teacher knows how to use a blogging platform, they can then have students use it also for various different kinds of projects. They're just very, very flexible. So some sort of assessment tools, blogging tools. Um, curation would be the third category. I didn't mean to do ABCs, but this happens to be ABC. <laughs> assessment, blogging, and curation. We have so much information and so many resources out there that it's really challenging to try to organize them and mm-hmm. figure out, not only for our own purposes, but to share them with others. If I have a, a student teacher, for example, and I've got some really good articles that I think they need to read, Rather than just sending them an email with 19 links in it, <laughs> it's so nice if you can use one of the curation platforms like Wakelet, for example, where you can put links with images and it's a much nicer experience for that person to digest those things instead of having it just dumped on them. And teaching students also how to make those decisions about how to curate certain things. They can do top 10 lists of things or, Mm -hmm. you know, the best British novelists or, you know, the, you know, best, you know, literature of the 21st century or whatever it is. But teaching students also the skills of organizing information is really important. Two others that uh, would be collaboration tools. We, We don't have to be in the same room anymore. And the last two years have taught us that. There's a lot of things that we can do to collaborate with each other without being in the same physical space. So obviously we know about video conferencing tools, but there are voice app tools that we can use to have long ongoing conversations. There are platforms like Slack where we can be in like a a room online chatting and sharing documents. So getting on top of some of those tools and having some favorites that really work for you would be another good one. And then finally, video screencasting tools, learning how to create a video where you turn it on, you speak into a microphone and record whatever is on your screen. A lot of us had to learn how to use these in the last two years too, because suddenly we had to teach lessons to kids who were not in front of us. So if that was something that you kind of, you know, hurried, learned, it would be a good thing to get a little bit better at it and develop some proficiency with recording video screencasts because Once you have recorded a lesson on video, it can be uh, viewed over and over and over again. And it's really uh, an endless 
skill that can be just used over and over. And again, you can teach that to students and they can do the same thing. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking, especially Mm -hmm. with, um, so everything is going technology now, applications. So students being able to use these tools can be a form of assessment. And I love the idea of teaching students the screencasting because it's definitely so important. Mm -hmm. And so we have a user on LinkedIn that, you know, says, great job. And talks about processes are key. And you kind of touched on processes, but for mm-hmm. those people who have never thought of associating processes with technology, can you kind of just talk to that a little more? Like, what should we be thinking about if we're not just thinking about, okay, I love using Slack? How should right. we shift? to thinking about processes. Let's use Slack as an example. What <laughs> what you love about Slack, if you love it, is the fact that you can gather with other people in this defined space. You can collaborate. You can have side chats. You can share documents. So the process is collaboration. If Slack disappears one day, mm-hmm. you can swap something else in. And once you know Slack, then this new tool, what you can do is say, oh, it's like Slack, except X, Y, and Z is a little bit different. So once you've gotten familiar with one kind of tool that does a certain thing, Mm -hmm. which is that process, you can swap that out. Once you understand the process of blogging and making a website, you can use WordPress, Wix, uh, Blogger. You can use like 10 other different kinds of blogging platforms that can be interchanged because you understand the process. You can come into the new platform. Maybe things are in a different place, but it's sort of like, oh, here's the button I press for a new post. Here's the button. And so it's once you understand that process, you can swap tools in and out and the learning curve is a lot, a lot quicker. I love that. And I thought about, um, you know, a lot of times companies will give teachers a resource for free, right? So they get us hooked and then all of a sudden the next year, there's a fee and you panic Mm -hmm. because you fell in love with this tool. You've been using it in your classroom. But if you think about the processes, then it's just Mm -hmm. finding another tool to replace that one if you didn't want to pay for it. So I absolutely love it. And then another question that came in is around the screencasting. People are loving this idea. So can we talk a little bit more about how we can use screencasting in the classroom? And like, are there, is there a specific example of some screencasting tools that teachers can try out? Yeah. I mean, one of the easiest ones is Screencastify because it's built right into Google Chrome. So if you have the Chrome browser, it's already in there and it's free and you can just try it right away. The one that I use is called Camtasia. It's expensive, but I do it for my job. And so it was worth it to have that, you know, more expensive tool. But um, the the things that you can do with it, I, I would say number one is any lesson that you find yourself teaching over and over every year, get mm-hmm. that on on video. You can also uh, create videos for classroom processes, things that you teach that, you know, a lot of students throughout the year need to like be taught how to, whether it's little kids, you know, how to go to the water fountain or how to get a bathroom pass, put it all in a library and then it's right then and there. But also, you know, screencasts can be used for really creative projects as well. Students could write a story and then do a slideshow because the way you would do that is just do a PowerPoint or Google Mm -hmm. Slides, a slideshow with words and pictures, and then have them narrate that. And now you have sort of like a little animated film that you've created 
with screencast video. So it's, you can do anything that you could do with holding up a piece of paper and talking. You could do that as a screencast video also. Yes. Love it. So these are some great strategies that we can use in the classroom. And as we talk about strategies, of course, this is the teacher goals podcast. And so we always ask like, what are some of the goals that teachers will be able to achieve by applying the principles that you shared tonight? So what are some teacher goals that we can achieve? Uh, one would absolutely be working more efficiently. Oh, if I you can, it. for example, if you switch over to some digital assessment instead of grading things by hand, you've saved a ton of time and you also have data that you can use to look at later. Also, giving students more agency and more creativity, putting these types of tools in their hands gives them the opportunity to create more things, teaching them how to create a screencast video, teaching them what it looks like to have your own blog or website. Once they get that skill set, they can continue to use it for 10, 20 years after they're in your class, which is really just amazing. And so those two things are probably more than anything, the biggest things, because if we have more time, then we can use that to build relationships with our students and take care of ourselves and our families better. And so many other things come from saving time. So yeah, I would say those two. And also just, you know, I talked about collaboration, just being able to do more things and squeeze it into the time that you have. Mm -hmm. I use a tool called Voxer on my phone, which is a voice messaging app. And I have long conversations with people while I am getting gas in my car and picking up groceries. In between that, I'm on my phone talking about deep ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, it would be great for teachers who are trying to work through a problem or collaborate on something to just do it sort of whenever, instead of having to sit in the school library for an hour and a half on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but it is the reality. And mm-hmm. uh, like the saving time, I mean, you you said you spoke volumes, just having time for your family, having time for self-care, having time yeah. to, you know, take a brain break during the day. Those are so important to helping our teachers thrive. So definitely the use of technology is an awesome thing. But with all good things come challenges. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, incorporating and using new technology, using it to empower your students. What are some of the challenges that teachers face? And most importantly, what do they do to overcome it? So two that really come to mind quickly is number one, things going wrong. Basically, you know, you have a plan, it seems like it's going to be fine. And then the internet goes out or something breaks or uh, suddenly the logins are not working. So to at least offset the possibility of that, there's a couple of things to to put in place. One is to always practice a new technology with a smaller group outside of class time. So, you know, you're my teaching partner, you play the student role, I'll be the teacher, you log in and let's see if it all works. Just do dry runs to make sure that things have been checked through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also have a backup plan. <laughs> Because if it's not going to work, know in your head what you're going to do, whether it is to postpone the activity or have an analog paper, you know, non-digital version of the same thing so that you can still have that. But have that in place because then you won't panic and freak out and say, oh, this always happens. You know, and also just don't, things will go wrong. They just will. Technology is amazing until it isn't. And so 
try not to just get discouraged and say, you know, this never works because usually it's a pretty simple explanation for why something isn't going right, but you're just new to this thing and you don't have any muscle memory for it. Right. And so, and then the other challenge, I think that's a big one, especially right now is just student privacy and making sure that you're complying with all of the rules. A lot of times when we take on a new tech tool, we don't necessarily know, especially if you're like a new teacher or whatever, depending on how your school is set up. It's a really good idea before you're going to use something with students to run it through your school's IT department, your media specialist, whoever it is who's in charge of making sure that this tool actually is complying with student privacy laws and that sort of thing, because you can end up in very hot water (laughs) after just trying to do something that was supposed to be really great for learning. Yes, yes. These are all great tips, great strategies. But any final words of wisdom for those teachers that have been inspired tonight. They're like, we're going to get this tech guide. We're going to try out some of these tools. We're going to think about processes. Any final words of wisdom for them? I really do. When I see what is happening right now, like in Ukraine, the fact that I can see what is happening in Ukraine and hear actual people on the street. And when I see some of the big things that have happened over the last couple of years, just since we got smartphones, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that technology really can and is uh, changing the world. Can take over our lives. We have to use it smart. We have to use it thoughtfully. We have to know when to set it aside and just be together with people in person and be present. But I, I think that If you're somebody who's kind of afraid of technology because it seems hard, trust me, every piece of technology out there has been made for the below average user to be able to figure out. They want people to use it. So most companies are trying to make it easy. So it's actually not as hard as you think. And once you get a little bit of experience under your belt, it starts to get easier and easier and you kind of get the bug then. So I guess my uh, my advice would be to let yourself get that bug. <laughs> and then once you've gotten it, don't let it take over your life. Love it. Love it. Great advice. Great words of wisdom. And if people want to learn more about you, other than the Teacher Goals Conference next Friday night, she is our keynote speaker. Where can they find you? They can find me at cultofpedagogy.com. That's the hub for all of my stuff. There is links from there to the podcast and to my YouTube channel and all of my other things that I have. I've got classroom resources for sale, so you would start there. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I have learned a ton. I know that the Teacher Ghost community has been inspired and they are going to be using technology, thinking of it as processes. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. I know for me, I will never think about technology tools the same. I typically get stuck on a tool because I like the features, I like the interface, I like the cost. But then, you know, if that cost increases, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do now? But Now that I am thinking of it as processes, then I won't have these panic attacks when my favorite technology tools change. Instead, I'll just be like, okay, well, I was using this tool specifically to complete this process. And now I just have to find a new tool that does the same things. I know that the knowledge that Jennifer shared today has totally shifted my mindset. And I'd love to hear your feedback 
Wherever you're listening from, give us a rating, leave a review so that we can know if you are enjoying this podcast and if you're learning as much as I am on the best strategies, tools, and tips that you can use to reach your teacher goals. And if you absolutely loved learning from Jennifer today, then I want to once again invite you to the Teacher Goals Conference where she will be one of our featured speakers on Friday night, March 11th. And so you can catch her live absolutely free where she is going to definitely be sharing with us more useful information and strategies that you can implement in your classroom. Thank you so much for listening to the Teacher Goals podcast. Thank you for all that you do. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the impact that you're making in the lives of students. And we just want to say thank you. So thank you for hanging out with us. And I will see you back here next week. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into the Teacher Goals Podcast. Here are three ways that you can engage with us and join an amazing community of educators. First, subscribe to the show in whatever platform you're tuning in on. Second, be sure to follow us and join the Teacher Goals Connected School Communities Facebook group so that you never miss our live recordings and the opportunity to engage in a live Q&A with our weekly guests. Last but certainly not least, I'd love to hear your favorite tip from today's show. Leave a review or snap a pic and create a post tagging at Teacher Goals and me at Healthy Wealthy Educators so that we can check out all of the great things that you're doing to achieve your teacher goals. Teacher Goals and Teacher Heart Out is sponsoring a 2023 Bahamas cruise open to all educators. Guests such as spouses, family, and friends are also welcome to attend. There is an amazing lineup of speakers, and you can book your PD at sea now by putting down a $200 deposit. Attend the Sail Away Party Thursday, July 6th in Port Canaveral at 6 p.m. in preparation for Cruising Friday. You will return Monday, July 10th at 8 a.m. Scan the QR code now to sign up. You don't want to miss it.